0: Welcome to the Redeemer Covenant Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. At Redeemer, we are dedicated to following Jesus and connecting people to God's transforming love. If you want to stay connected to all that's happening here, visit rcctulsa.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, good morning to all of you. It's a delight to see you. This is a a really important day in the life of Redeemer. This is, a, a, this is one to remember. This is, today represents the culmination of a process that began last summer with a team that was formed to evaluate what we could do if our annual budget were enhanced. What could we do if we, we actually had some money to spend on capital improvements? And perhaps even most important, what could we do besides just volunteer over in Northwest Tulsa. Well, this is the unfinished campaign and this is the culmination of it. So I'm so grateful that you're here. Let me just remind you what the components of this unfinished campaign are going to be. First of all, our first goal was the spiritual commitment of the whole church to consider their generosity before God to involve all of us in a process of generosity, to say, Lord, I want to be a generous person. Show me how. And the second thing was two years of commitments. This is what's called a one-fund approach. Two years of commitments to our operating budget, to see that grow so our ministry can do more for the community and for people around the world. The third part of this was the refurbishment of our facility, including um, better disability access, more space, improved space for children's ministry, safety improvements for our children, sanctuary enhancements. We have a list of things that, depending on how we do, we'll prioritize those things, and we'll get some improvements in the church And then the fourth piece was this amazing, significant missions gift to the Hub. We're praying that enough resources comes in and that this will be the first thing we give to, will be $400,000 to transform a former warehouse market in Northwest Tulsa into a medical clinic and hopefully a grocery store and classrooms and recreation space and basketball courts It's 47,000 square feet, we can do all of that. If we do well in this campaign, we will be giving them from the first fruits of our efforts here today. This is a ministry that we're gonna latch onto and see God do some wonderful, wonderful things through it. If this is the first time you've ever been, you picked an odd Sunday to come. So that's okay, we're really glad you're here. And at the end of this service, I'm going to call for a response. And we'll have a time of quiet and prayer. And people will some people will still be deciding their commitments to this process. And I'm going to ask them just as they're ready to come up and put their, their responses, their commitment cards in these baskets. If you're a visitor, would you just pray for us? Just pray for our church. If you have a home church, just pray for your church but just pray for an outpouring of blessing from God's people here and around the world because God has a lot of things he wants to do in our world. So before we go any further, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 15. The words will appear on the screens, or you're welcome to find a Bible underneath your chair. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 15. Out of this flow what I believe are three very specific, very clear perspectives from God about how we're to give. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever." Now he who supplies seed to the sower, this is Paul's further explanation. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. The background of this text is this. Between about A.D. 40 and around A.D. 50, in Judea, the part of what you picture a map of modern-day Israel, or biblical Israel, from Jerusalem, including Jerusalem and south, for about ten years there was a severe famine in the land, a really severe famine in the land. And so earlier in Corinthians, Paul had already made an appeal To the Macedonian Christians, Macedonia being a part of modern-day Greece, they didn't have a famine. They were doing well. Paul made an appeal to the Macedonian Christians to contribute to the needs of the Christians who were in Jerusalem and in the southern parts of Israel. Paul, Paul appealed to those Macedonian Christians to be particularly generous to those folks. And so now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he makes his appeal again, but most of this is a thank you note. Most of this is a thank you note to the people of God who lived in Macedonia who had previously given to the Christians in Jerusalem. And he reminded them of three principles of giving. The first of those principles was very simple. So generously reap generously. Sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Nothing could be more clear and, frankly, easy to understand than that basic principle. If anybody here has ever been a farmer, or if you've ever planted a garden, or if you've ever just planted some flower seeds somewhere in your yard, you know that if you sow a lot of seeds, you will get a lot of crop. And if you don't sow very many seeds, you're not going to get much of a crop. It's just a principle. It's an axiom. It's just the way the world works. It's easy to understand. But here's the problem, and this is what Paul, I think, was addressing here. While it's an easy principle to understand, there is something about human beings that just wants to be, let me just use the word, cheap. That's me. I'd love to tell you, it would thrill me to be able to tell you, I am naturally wired to be a very generous person. I'm not. Now over 50 years of, well, 45 years of being a Christian, I think I'm at the place where I'm a pretty generous person. But it took me a while to get to that point. My wife, Laurie, by the way, has a biblical gift of giving. In Ephesians and in Corinthians, there are gift lists of all the different gifts that God gives to us when we become followers of Jesus. They're divine gifts of the Holy Spirit to help empower the church and us to live our lives effectively. I just—I didn't get the gift of giving. Didn't, it didn't happen for me. And maybe it didn't happen for you. But that's no excuse for us. We're still called to be generous people and to sow generously. My wife, just that's just her number one gift, I'm sure of it. It's a gift of giving. Just the other day, I came home, and she came home about the same time and gave each other a hug, and she whispered in my ear, I wrote some checks today. My first reaction, that first reaction, is, oh, no. How many did she write? To who did she write them? To whom? English teachers, don't correct me. You can if you want. She wrote them to great causes. And actually, I was very, very happy about it. But giving is something that has to be cultivated and learned for most of us. Giving is that grace that has to be cultivated by most of the rest of us. In verse 7, Paul's very specific and very gentle with these people, and I hope we've been gentle through this process with you. Paul says each person must decide for himself or for herself how much they wish to give. It should be settled in the integrity of their own hearts, and it should be settled by listening to the voice of God. I trust God's lovely, voice to speak to your soul much more than I would trust my own to lead you to give generously i would simply ask you to say what does god whisper to me now in the church world this is a really a sort of a private thing no one will know what you give no one will celebrate that with and I'm I'm not being critical of hospitals or critical of hospitals or schools places that name people's names for big gifts we don't do that in the church this is truly free giving this is giving from the heart no recognition this is simply the recognition that we want to be generous people it's the unique quality of church giving that it's done for the Lord and for God's people and for those whom God wants to lead his way. That's the first principle. Sow generously, reap generously. Second principle, God loves a cheerful giver, Paul says. When I was in seminary um, taking Greek the first year, we had learned it was a part of the process we had to learn 10 new greek vocabulary words every week for a year. So at first, you know, the first week's pretty easy. You you know, you learn 10 words. You get tested on it on Friday. thumbs up. Then the next week it's 20 words, then the next week it's 30 words and then 40 words and it just keeps on going. So it really, helps, it really helps that some of the Greek words sound like English words and you don't really have to work very hard at remembering them. It's because English pulled those words out of the Greek and, and uses them um, to make their point. So in Greek, when Paul says God loves a cheerful giver, the word for cheerful in Greek is hilaros. God loves a hilarious giver. God loves it when you laugh. God loves it when you give generously. God loves it when you give freely and generously. Other words for that word that mean from Hilaros, mother of other English words, are joyful, cheerful, satisfied, not reluctant. That's the kind of giving Back in 2 Corinthians 8, 4, when Paul was making his appeal to the Macedonian churches and to the Macedonian Christians, he put it this way, which is really quite amazing. He says, I plead you, not I, you, the Macedonians, pleaded with me for the privilege of sharing in the service of the needs of the poor in Jerusalem. He didn't plead with them, they pleaded with him. What can we give and how can we do it? That's how Paul would define biblical giving. The third principle is this, giving creates thanksgiving. Giving creates thanksgiving. Now I'll be the first to tell you, and I want to be the first to tell you this morning, Giving does not, being generous, giving abundantly, whatever. Giving does not necessarily mean you're going to get some equivalent or even better material gain. There are plenty of Christian teachers who teach that. I don't think they're right. But I will say this. Giving just might increase your life, your sense of joy, and it might increase your material gain, but there is no guarantee. We're not offering a money-back guarantee that if you give, you're going to get more money back. We're simply saying God will bless your life with a sense and feeling of thanksgiving, of gratitude, of trust, of gratefulness. That, those things, inevitably follow heartfelt giving. See, our problem is we've got one foot in two kingdoms. If you're a follower of Christ, you still have a foot in this world because we live here. If you're a follower of Christ, you've also got a a foot in the kingdom of God because that's also our home. And in this kingdom, in this place, there's always this whispered word, You don't have all that you need. You don't have enough stuff, money, material goods, etc. And the foot of the other kingdom is hearing a different message because that's where we also dwell. The world will remind us of what we don't have. God will remind us of what we already have. And he'll give us a sense of deep gratitude and joy for that which is already ours, and he will give us a desire to share what we have with others. God will desire us to be blessed so that we might be a blessing. So in a moment, I'm going to walk you through a process here of of coming to to the front and putting in your commitment card. But this is a really important moment in the life of this church. It's an important day. So I want to just bless this time with a prayer and an advance word of thank you for what you're about to do. Let's pray. God, thank you for Paul's teaching. Thank you that in this is is reality. It's not a, it's not a manipulative effort. It's just straight teaching about how things work, that sowing seeds of generosity reaps a harvest. It reaps a harvest, reaps a harvest of all kinds of things, and all of them good. God, we thank you for your work in the life of this church for a little better than 30 years. And we pray now, we pray now that this next 30 years or 60 years, that in all of this, you would be glorified, lives would be healed, and people would come to Christ. Through him we pray. Amen.